New Subaru Outback on sale finally this March in Australia after delays of what seems like geologic time. But frankly, Subaru has a major problem and we really need to talk about it now in the interest of integrity. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or you can click the card on screen now. But in today's report, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Subaru Australia is kind of stuck in a rut of extreme boredom, mediocrity, whatever you want to call it. Product planning mediocrity is really what I'm on about here. And they need to snap right out of it because they can. And because cars are allowed to be exciting. In fact, I'd suggest it's better when they are. Better for some of us and certainly better for Subaru overall. Don't get me wrong here, I am a huge Subaru fan. I have owned four new Subarus, two WRXs, an Outback and a Forester XT. And that XT was my favourite, hands down. WRX in sheep's clothing kind of thing. An awesome practical vehicle. It could have used more grip, but hey, it was fun and it did the job. Subaru also gets full marks from me every time for looking after its customers. See, if you've got a problem, you get the benefit of the doubt from Subaru. More than the benefit of the doubt often enough, unlike Volkswagen, Mercedes, Nissan, Jeep, etc. The default setting of which is to throw you under the bus in exactly the same situation. So I'm kind of coming at this like something of a disappointed fan. Last week, Subaru Shitsville issued a prick tease press release concerning the new Outback. Finally here in three months time, they claim. Bear in mind, this vehicle is out of the blocks globally, right? It's been out of the blocks since about 18 months ago in the United States. And no, I don't know how this incredible delay is possible. Like, let me know in the comments if you do, but it just seems unrealistic to me to be there 18 months earlier in America and just now, or in three months' time, here in Australia. The bombshell for us, of course, here in Shitsville is 2.5i Boxer 4 Atmo petrol engine only for Outback for Australia. Right across the range, okay? No 3.6R, no diesel, and even more disappointingly, no new 2.4-litre turbo box of four. <laughs> you know, the one that was developed specifically for this vehicle, which suits it so perfectly and tops the range in Retardistan. Developed as the logical successor to the 3.6R. On the outside, the rugged exterior styling reinforces the Outback's SUV capabilities and every variant will be powered by a refined 2.5-litre horizontally opposed boxer engine. Subaru Shitsville there last week and I'd have to say I'm gutted because I had such high hopes we would get the 2.4 turbo. Not good enough dudes, just not good enough. Try harder, you know, make stronger representations to the factory. Send them a link to this report if you think it'll help. Whatever, it probably won't. You guys are dropping the ball, and this is disgraceful. 
a company like Subaru should not aspire merely to mediocrity in my view. And that's exactly where this train wreck is heading, okay? It's almost as if Toyota's stake in Subaru is metastasizing through the entire business at the highest level philosophically. Outback continues to set the standard for safety and drivability with an advanced suite of safety and driver assist technologies. Outback will have an incredible specification list cementing it as the flagship of the Subaru range. Blair read there, Subaru's dude at the top of the local import operation, meaning Inchcape's dude at the top, okay? Inchcape imports Subarus in Australia. It's a separate business. They are pretty good at it, however, presumably because they've had decades of practice during which to get this right. To Mr. Reed, I'd retort, dude, if the first words which fall out of your pie hole on the new Outback, which one can only presume are the features you are the most tumescent about, if this rhetoric orbits driver assist technologies, then narcolepsy is imminent. Pro tip, okay, all cars have that tech now. It's just not exciting. It's not even that well implemented, speaking as an engineer. Like, get a halo model at the top of the range. Just get one so that people who actually like cars and driving have something to aspire to and or gush over. Spend more cash on, you know, whatever. Get a halo model. This is what's missing, okay? It's critically absent from Subaru Shitsville product implementation this century. Like, take Impreza. Nice little car, okay? But no Halo model featuring, I don't know, the baby 1.6 turbo engine from the failed Lavorg experiment. Like, just get that engine, slot it in, pro tip, it fits. Same with XV, which is just Impreza hatch with plastic flares and ground clearance. No exciting variant right at the top. Wouldn't that be nice if there were? I would probably buy one. Lavorg, right? Such wasted potential there. I quite like Lavorg. Ridiculous name, obviously. But it's essentially a WRX wagon. But they nobbled it with a dud name and thus completely eviscerated any association it might have enjoyed with the quintessential Subaru halo car, the WRX. Lavorg is, of course, grovel, spelled backwards. Oops-a-daisy. Lavorg sales have flatlined. Just 300 so far this year, okay? It's a loss maker. WRX, despite its advanced age and the fact that it's Dan only, like what were they thinking? 1,300 sales. Lavorg is the red-headed performance stepchild, which almost nobody out there in car buyer land can stomach associating with. Such a great pity. Subaru actually sells more uber-niche BRZs than Lavorgs. So there's that. Forrester is keeping Subaru afloat. There's 10,800 sales of Forrester so far this year to enjoy and rejoice over in the boardroom if you are Subaru. That's more than Impreza and XV combined. But no Halo model there either. No more XT model right at the top with a bit of a performance edge. Huge missed opportunity to inject some passion into the range there. Just huge. 
Mazda offers considerable powertrain choice in Forrester's arch rival, the CX-5. CX-5 sells roughly twice as many units as Forrester. And that's not all down to front drive poverty packs, poverty and poverty packs for fleets. There's lots of profit in the CX-5 Akira 2.5 Turbo too. Lots. The Subaru hybrids now, Forrester and XV. It's impossible for me to make a case to you for them to justify that, basically. Toyota, the king of mediocrity, kicking global goals with its hybrids, okay? Like, there's your blueprint for hybrid success. Just look over there and do that. The Subaru hybrids are philosophically disconnected from market expectations on hybrids. They're the Mr. Puniverse of hybrids and they're economically irrational or so close to being so that it matters very little. Subaru did this amazing job last century, right? They rocketed from virtual obscurity to incredible success off the back of symmetrical all-wheel drive and WRX and its string of victories in the World Rally Championship. Like, Here's a passion project that kicked immense goals on the world stage and commercially. WRX put Subaru on the map. WRX made Subaru aspirational. And what's happening now, at least it seems to me, is that bean counters are making all of Subaru's critical product decisions and they're making bad ones. See, a bean counter can quickly quantify the saving where, like, when you don't homologate the engine you need for a proper halo car. It's like, we can save X million dollars by making Outback the narcolepsy-inducing 2.5i right across the range. Yes, and only 8% of sales or something were the 3.6r in any case. And our diesel was a dog, so let's ditch that too. So, let's just run with the 2.5i. Yes. Is there anyone against? No one? Great. Approved. Unfortunately, what bean counters typically lack, right, is the ability to quantify the opportunity cost of eliminating the passion from the product at the top, which is what they have done to the Subaru, which I love. I think love is too strong a word. I did love those cars. This is exactly what's happening here, and it just shits me. You know, if you want that 2.4 turbo engine in your next new Outback, which is specifically the 3.6R replacement, then how about you go and move to America? Just buy one off the shelf there, because, hey, you can. Or you could wait three or four years here because they might come to their senses and insert it in an outback for a midlife makeover. But not earlier than that. I'd stake my reputation on that, such as it is. But that's only if they can get past the product planning gatekeepers in Japan, right, who are much better at accounting than they are at understanding the actual car business, seemingly. And recent history for Subaru also, like what put us on the map again? I'd suggest that boring cars are okay, even just right for people who don't get cars and want mediocre transportation with all the current tech features from a trusted brand with good support. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's what a 21st century Subaru is. But 
That's what it is exclusively. There's nothing else. But people who want excitement, they buy cars too, right? And they advise their friends and they talk about this stuff endlessly. And they don't all aspire to the hardcore performance of something like a WRX. These people are going to walk away from Subaru's current lineups. I know this because I did that. Let us detain ourselves momentarily and look at what Kia has accomplished since launching the Stinger. All of a sudden, they're a top 10 car maker by sales here in Shitsville. The cops drive Stingers today. Like, look at this success. And someone get the number of that bus. Because 10 years ago, I did not ever expect to say this about a Kia. I just didn't. And neither did anyone else. And take a look at what Albert Beerman has achieved for Hyundai with the i30N. This is, of course, a car that went head-to-head -head with the Golf GTI and basically took a big steaming dump upon it from altitude. Hashtag respect. Look at the knock-on capitalisation Hyundai's enjoying with its slightly softer N-line model derivatives that are associated. The halo models at the top of the range, like without being hardcore WRX equivalents, okay? This, I would suggest, is the power of passion within brands. People are starting to aspire to sporty Hyundais and Kias. The evidence is in on this, and you might not like it for whatever philosophical reason, but this is happening. So, that's one direction, which seems to yield proven results in the market. And for whatever reason, perverse, no doubt, which I assume has been dissected and justified with endless friggin' spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations back in Shibuya, Subaru appears to be sprinting in the opposite philosophical direction, and I'm gutted, towards product mediocrity. Passion is just unacceptably expensive to 21st century Subaru, or at least that's how it seems to me. For roughly, I don't know, the past three or four major model announcements from Subaru, I have come away bitterly disappointed by their abject lack of halo cars at the top of the ranges. I still recommend Impreza, XV, Forester, and I expect I will continue to recommend Outback when it finally lobs after this incredible wait. But I will do this recommendation only to mainstream car buyers. And there's nothing wrong with being one of those, not at all. But if you want something just a bit exciting without going, you know, full tilt WRX exciting, then I recommend other brands to buyers like you because it seems to me that Subaru has nothing left to offer you. And they could. And making it happen would be so easy for them. It would be child's play. Like, Dudes, just put this engine you've already got into that platform you've already got. Then sell a shitload more and make money, because that's the business you're in. The fact that they increasingly don't bother to do this is an epic tragedy.